Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. We are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Very tired. I've worked... God, I don't don't know how many hours I've worked. Last three days, I've worked 15-hour days... Yeah. And Monday I worked a 12-hour day. So it's, just, it's, it's been insane. I'm, background I'm, life is the worst. You know, it's fun, but it's also, it's the hours get to you. Like, e- it's easy work, but the hours are like... But you know what? It's not even that easy. Like, that would be, like, something that I feel like is underrated is background. Um, background actors and acting in oh, general. Because I'm like, yeah. the hours are super long. You never know how many hours you're going to be doing. You don't know if you're going to be standing outside in the cold. And then for me, like... I have rashes on my neck from the wardrobe because yeah. it's, it's period, and I was in period shoes standing yeah. Yeah. for, you know, 12 hours. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, you're not... When it's I not say manual easy, labor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not, like a, it's not a, a skill set that is super demanding, but, yeah, standing on Physically, your feet for that long, demanding. Yeah. very demanding. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes emotionally, the people you meet on those sets are just, like... It's very Ugh. hit or miss. You can meet some of the best people. Agreed. I've met amazing people. Yeah, and then you can also meet some people who are, like, you really want to stay away from. Fucking yeah, crazy. for sure. Yeah, I've had to get a guy kicked off set before, which I think I talked about on the show when he was being super creepy. Yeah. Um, okay, I've well, just been a single mother all week, and it's just, like, really hard. It's been really difficult. Being a single mom with two dogs and working and having to do all the things. Well, I can see that we have one of the same things. Okay. So let's talk about that yes. first. Katie Hill. Yes. Katie Hill is a representative from California. Yep. Um, she resigned recently after a right-wing publication called Red State released an expose that detailed what appeared to be a, a seemingly consensual relationship. That's what I've heard. It was a consensual relationship between her and a campaign staffer. Right, and her husband. So I believe that Katie Hill is bisexual. Yeah. Um, I think she was out as bisexual. Uh, But she she was married to a man, and the two of them engaged in a consensual sexual relationship with a 22-year-old staffer. Now, I want to say right off of the top that I don't think it's a good idea to engage in sexual relationships with your staffers. I think the... The, the power dynamic there is really fucked up. That's what I was going to say. The ages, too. It, it, there's something, like... She is an adult, the the other woman, and, you know, she can consent. And But, y- like you said, there is something about a power dynamic with the age and the position that she's in and her husband's in compared to the position that the staffer is in. Right. So I would say... Makes in, it complicated. In that regard, 
it is poor judgment at best. Mm-hmm. Um, and and she did apologize for it. And I would be saying the same thing if this was a man who had had sex with his staffer. Oh, I, I think that it is so. very questionable behavior that you should not engage in. However, the way that this has been treated in the media and specifically in this expose that outed her and also leaked a lot of nude photographs yeah. of her, it seems as if they're focusing primarily on shaming her, sex shaming her, slut shaming her. It's very gross. Rather than actually focusing on her misconduct, which is the problem. And she believes that it's her, um, she's getting divorced from that man, and um, she believes that it was him who leaked the photos to the Red State website. And apparently he's claiming to his parents who made a, um, a statement for him that he was hacked. Okay, bullshit. Yeah. You know, I just call bullshit. Like, you were hacked, and this is the one thing that they pulled up and and leaked out. I just have a hard time believing that. Yeah, and she said that, you know, this was the forces of revenge by a bitter, jealous man and talks about how he was very abusive to her. And I, I really feel for her because after these photos leaked, she said she just became very isolated and went to this really, really dark place in her mind and was terrified of facing people she believes she let down. Well, there's a reason why revenge porn is a felony yeah. uh, in, in certain and areas, not everywhere. And that's what he's trying everywhere. to get out of by saying he was hacked. Right. It is illegal in a lot of places. It is illegal in California, mm-hmm. um, although the consequences for it aren't necessarily super stri- uh, strict or strong. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's difficult. And I saw somebody on Twitter who was talking about this, and they were saying that almost every woman I know including myself, has sent their partner, like, nude photographs. Yeah. And it's it's part of, as, as this, like, landscape has evolved, mm-hmm. the technological landscape, the relationship landscape in the 21st century has evolved, it is simply part of the currency of modern relationships. I feel like that even would happen, like, back in the day with Polaroids or, sure. like, you know... Yeah, but, I mean, now it's, it's so much more prevalent. Right. Like, it is just going to be something that can be sent, and it can be sent easily. At least with a Polaroid, it would be a matter of getting that picture back, right? Yeah. It's not like that person could digitally send it to all their friends yeah. or anything like that or leak it on the internet. Definitely. And so as this kind of thing becomes more prevalent, we need to stop putting the focus on the person whose photos got leaked, and we need to put the focus on the people who are leaking the photos. Yeah. I thought the same thing. I never looked at the photos whenever there was that huge leak of all these celebrities. Yeah. I don't care that they're celebrities. I don't care that they voluntarily have shown their bodies on, you know, movies and TV shows before, because to me, the lack of consent there is the real problem. Like, these are private photos that were shared privately, and we need to completely start shaming the people who are sharing these things. Yeah, exactly. You know, because they could have written this article highlighting the fact that it was inappropriate for her to have this relationship with this staffer without going into such, like, lurid detail about her her sexual exploits. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, well, and this even, this caused her to step down from her position. On Thursday, she joined her fellow Democrats and voted in support of Trump's impeachment. And um, she says that she left her position because of a double standard and the misogynistic culture that consumed her naked photographs. She also says that this enabled her abusive ex to continue his abuse. She even goes on to refer to Trump 
when she says, yet a man who brags about his sexual predation, who has had dozens of women come forward and accuse him of sexual assault, who pushes policies that are uniquely harmful to women, and who has filled the courts with judges who proudly rule to deprive women of the fundamental right to control their own bodies, sits in the highest office of the land. Um, yeah, so, I, I think... How do you how do you feel about her stepping down? Uh, I mean, I think it's... I, I don't know. This this whole situation is very tricky because I think the reason why she's stepping down is bullshit. I think she's stepping down because this is revenge porn and like she's stepping down because she's been shamed sexually. That's how I That's feel what's about upsetting. it too. If she was stepping down because of the relationship with the staffer, I feel like that would have been right. It'd be different. Different, and you know, I think we've made it very clear that like I don't think that this was a good idea for her to have this relationship right. with the staffer. However, she does hit on an important point, which is that there are men doing this all the time who are yeah. allowed to you know hold on to their positions. For instance, California Representative Duncan Hunter is alleged to have had numerous affairs in recent years, including with a number of his staff members. The aide of another Republican member of Congress and several lobbyists and these romantic and well I don't want to say the word romantic but these sexual relationships uh, came to light when the Justice Department actually charged Hunter with illegally using campaign funds to pay for everything from his vacations uh, to his drinking habits and they found that he had spent thousands on uh, to finance his affairs from his campaign funds and yet despite all of these things, uh, even though his federal trial will, will begin in January, mm-hmm. he remains in office. Right. So he wasn't shamed into resigning. And yeah. Katie Hill, I mean, you could argue that she could have fought this and not resigned, but well, it yeah. would have been very difficult y- for her. Yeah, she's saying the forces of revenge by a bitter, jealous man have pushed her, have forced her out of her, of her position. But I feel like, honestly, if you feel this strongly against this situation and the fact that there is such a prevalence of revenge porn, I feel like you staying in office is really the best way to fight it. Right. You could have spun this for sure. Um, and you could have had a lot of people supporting and behind you yeah. in, in this regard. I mean, I think, I don't know. I, it, the whole thing is, is absolutely like kind of fraught and tricky yeah. and multifaceted and multi-sided. I just think if it's if that's the reason that she's leaving and not because of the affair with a staffer, right. then I believe that she should she should be staying in office. And I believe, you know, there are like you were just talking about that guy who's being brought to court for um his using his campaign money for his affairs and things like that. It doesn't seem like people are really focusing on that right now. Maybe they are, and I just wasn't focusing on that. Oh, no. I didn't know about it. I've only ever heard it in relation to Katie Hill. right? I've only ever heard it in relation to Katie Hill. It was not something that made the news. And that's the thing, is like... These affairs are, one, always more salacious when it's a woman, and mm-hmm. two, made all the more salacious by the fact that people are able to view these photos without the consent of the injured party, which right. um, is the problem. It's like, we don't hear about 
every single time a man in office. It's actually a trope. It's actually something that we, as yes. a as a country, almost deem to be kind of funny. That like, yeah, yeah, politicians are going to be philanderers and they're yeah. going to have affairs and they're going to be womanizers and like that's just something that is to be expected. But right. when a woman is a sexual being, um, especially if you can see photos of her being sexual, then all of a sudden it's scandal. Uh-huh. Like it's such a scandal. And I know there were also pictures of her with a bong, but it's like we're in California. Yeah. Weed is legal here yeah. for recreational use. So I feel like it's all of these really archaic, pearl clutchy ideas of like, she's bisexual, she's naked, she's she having smokes. a threesome, and she's smoking weed. And yeah. like, we're all supposed to be aghast at that. You yeah, know? I just wish she would have stayed and taken the high road and fought against the things that she's being oppressed by. I, I agree. But, you know, I also can't speak to how this affects her because right. I know that whenever I've had friends who have had revenge porn um, situations happen to them and it is incredibly violating and isolating and I can't say how I would handle it. I would like to think that I would be so justice oriented that I would want to um, seek justice for the yeah. situation and not be ashamed of of who I am and what I've done, but I can't say that that would be the case, necessarily. Yeah, it is a person-to-person thing. I just... It's wishful thinking, I yeah, guess, it's, I, on my part. Um, ideally, I agree with you. Yeah. Like, ideally, I wish that that could have been the thing that happened. Okay, so the other thing that I have to talk about is also kind of shitty. Great. Harvey Weinstein has made a public appearance recently. Did you not hear about this? Mm-mm. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, he is back. He is back in the public eye, kind of acting like everything is normal or okay. So he showed up at a event called Actors Hour at this place called uh, Downtime Bar recently. It's a Lower East Side bar in New York. And there was a female comedian whose name was Kelly Bachman, and she was actually booed off the stage. You can watch the video because, you know, of course, she and several other women there specifically felt very violated that Harvey Weinstein was just sitting at a corner booth surrounded by people. They're actually in the picture. They're actually women sitting next to him. He had a whole number of like an entourage. Right. So they so they would call him out. Right. So. She called him out on okay, stage. Got it. She was like, are we going to address this? Like, w- great to have a rapist here. Like, she was, like, calling him out on stage. Yeah. And you can hear people, like, booing her, which, what the fuck? Like, when did we get to this place? It reminds me very much of, like, when Louis C.K. made his return. Yes. And people, I feel like there's this weird thing where when the person is actually in the room, people don't want to talk shit or be, like mean to them like mean to sexual predators i don't i don't know so uh, the actors hour is a space that specifically is to help uplift young actors okay um in a place where they make themselves vulnerable at these events and so uh, for them it was especially violating since those are the kinds of people that harvey weinstein kind of preyed on. on yeah yeah so after kelly bachman was booed and got off the stage there was another person named zoe steckless and they use they them pronouns so okay. i'm going to refer that way throughout the rest of this so they confronted him to his face and 
they were asked to leave the venue after this. For confronting him? Yes. And there's Jesus actually... Christ. Let me find it. They actually confronted him and someone got it on video. Yeah. And when they go up to him, they say, tell me, what's your name? And Weinstein kind of just placed his elbows on the table while another man sitting next to him started speaking to Zoe Stuckless. Yeah. And uh, they said the man accompanying Weinstein told them that it was none of their business who that was. And they turned to the crowd and they started yelling, like, nobody's going to say anything. Nobody... Yeah. Like, nobody's going to say anything. We're just going to act like this is completely normal and fine. And they continued pointing a finger towards Weinstein. And Stuckless was then asked to leave the venue. They said, I'll get out of here. That's fine. I am happy to leave, but nobody is going to say anything. I'm going to stand four feet from a fucking rapist and nobody is going to say anything. Yeah, why aren't they kicking Harvey out? You would think. I mean, and, <laughs> and actually the people who there are, there's Zoe Stuckless and then there's actually another woman who was escorted out of the building and both people were escorted out by members of Harvey Weinstein's <gasps> entourage. Gross. Not by... Like, the staff... I'd be like, don't fucking touch me. I'll leave by myself. Right. Yeah, not by the staff of the event or by um, the venue itself. Right. Which makes me feel like... so gross. He must have paid money to them. Because why else would any venue allow patrons to escort other patrons out of the building? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so... um, Stuckless was ushered out of the room by a man and woman, and the man that was ushering them out of the room was presumably a member of Harvey Weinstein's entourage, and he kept saying, repeating over and over, due process, due process, which is really frustrating to me because what he's implying there is that nobody should be critical of Harvey Weinstein because he hasn't had his day in court yet. Right. But here's the thing. That doesn't mean you're free from social and public consequences. Yeah, yeah. Like, there are still social and public consequences, and people are allowed to have their opinions about that. And we, as a society, yeah. are allowed to make a decision about how what is acceptable. Yeah. Right, yeah, and how we respond to that. Doesn't mean that, like, you can just come into any space and be safe. And the bar actually released a statement because they were getting a lot of heat, as was Actors Hour. If you find Actors Hour yeah. on Facebook, it's like... Their reviews have been, like, destroyed. Um, The bar initially refused to respond to any request for comment, but then they put on Facebook that Stuckless was a heckler. They said, Shortly into the evening, one guest began heckling another, causing a disturbance to everyone in attendance. After several requests to stop were ignored, we kindly asked the heckler to leave. So moments after Stuckless confronted Weinstein... Um, so did Amber Rollo, who was a 31-year-old comedian, and she had attended the show to support Bachman, the woman who actually got on stage. Yeah. And... Wait, so who's who's saying that they removed the heckler? The bar is. But they didn't remove the heckler. According, of- according to Stuckless, it was one of his entourage that did it. Okay, because that's where I was confused, because I was like, well, but it wasn't the bar. But I don't think the bar staff. would want to admit that. 
But oh, totally you know what not. I mean? They totally wouldn't. But I'm just saying that's that's such a shady way of going about it. And so it. it is a little unclear. But according to them, it was somebody who was with Weinstein. Yeah. Because, and, and I actually believe that because of the fact that the guy kept saying due process, like who working at a bar would go out of their way to defend Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. So shortly after Stuckless was removed, uh, Amber Rollo stood up and she said, she's right. She, she went up to Weinstein and she said, she's right. You're a fucking monster. What are you doing here? Fuck you. And at that point, one of the men accompanying Weinstein called her a cunt. Fun. And another woman at the table, at Weinstein's table, guided her outside. Oh, fun. So once again, you have um, people in Weinstein's entourage who are being allowed to decide who gets to stay and who gets to leave. Yeah. So it's everyone who was critical of a fucking rapist got kicked out of this bar. But the rapist was safe. But the rapist was safe. Great. This is making me feel like things are going really, really well. Yeah, and so Rollo ended up saying, I'm a rape survivor myself. I thought that everyone agreed that Weinstein was a bad person. Other people are questionable. He's the worst of the worst. I thought we all knew that. And it is frustrating because it is one of those things where I did... Anytime I feel like, okay, we're all on the same page. Like, a couple years ago, after Me Too, after this Weinstein thing, after Time's Up, I was like, okay, we are all in agreement that this guy's a fucking piece of shit monster who's never going to be allowed back into society. Mm -hmm. And it takes only a couple of years, I guess, for us to be like, "Mm, was it that bad? It's probably fine. Yeah. And, like, it's really fucked up. And it's really fucked up that this um, event and this bar allowed him to be present at a place specifically where young um, actresses, comedians, actors go to allow themselves to be vulnerable on stage. Yeah. Because that's hard enough to do as a performer. And then having Harvey Weinstein in the audience would be a disaster. Totally. Jesus. Um, I just wanted to talk briefly about um, Trump's speech after... Um, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi was killed. Oh. The leader of ISIS. Oh, yes. Um, I watched a really funny Jimmy Kimmel monologue where he talks about it and then he, like, compares Obama's speech after um, Osama bin Laden and Trump's speech. And the thing that was funniest about it to me was that he was, like, he was whimpering and crying before he died. And he was, he died like a dog. He died like a dog. It was his whole thing. And, like, painted him as this coward, and uh, Trump said he spent his last moments in utter fear, in total panic and dread, terrified of the American forces bearing down on him. He died like a dog. The world is now a much safer place, he added. So somebody in the audience was like, how do you know what he did before he died? And, like, <laughs> like how, how are you aware of what it was like? And he was like, oh, I've just been, I've been told, I've heard, I've heard that he was just whimpering and crying and pleading, pleading, pleading Which us for... also, Trump had nothing to do with this, like, Yeah, oh, he all. says, he's like, and I won't get any of the credit, but I never get any of the credit. And, like... You shouldn't get any of the credit. You were golfing yeah, exactly. when it happened. Exactly. So it's not as though you were directly involved. Yeah. Like, when Osama bin Laden was captured, there are photographs of Obama in the Situation Room, like, as it's unfolding, yeah. being a president... Um, um, Trump was golfing. Yeah, well, and Obama time, so. even says too, like, I don't want the credit for this. It's the credit of these people who actually right. went through with it, and yada yada yada. But even then, I mean, he was doing his job. He was overseeing yeah. what was happening, and, and he like, was being a gracious leader as well, and being like, no, it's not about me. It's about all the people that like 
put their lives on the line to take to, to get this done. It you is know? truly appalling. Anytime I hear Trump speak, it's <laughs> like it, I mean, it's appalling to me that like this person isn't articulate enough to, to land a job interview at no. most corporate companies, let alone be leading our fucking country. Like, it honestly makes no sense to me. He's one of the most inarticulate individuals I've ever seen as a fully yeah. grown adult. Uh-huh. And to be honest, I feel like it has gotten worse since he became president oh, yeah. to the point where I'm like, legit, like, do you have some form of, like, senility or dementia or something? Yeah. Because it, it it's just... I think it's I think it's the power and the yes men around him that give him this like this state of mind that whatever he says and does is good I'm, and true. Yeah. So it gives him that like confidence to be able to just spout nonsense. I'm shit. running out of like words. I, I, I feel like I don't even know what a normal presidency looks like yeah or a normal administration anymore i i just feel like we are so far out <laughs> you know i don't know it's yep. i can't i can't make words oh it's insane it's absolutely insane but uh go watch the jimmy kimmel monologues it's hilarious the way he compares it it's so funny yeah it's so funny <sighs> we're living in a hellscape well anyway I hope you guys enjoyed this episode mm-hmm. of What's in the News. It's a kind of a shorter episode, but both of us are kind of rolling on empty right now, yes, skating on fumes. Um, but if you would like to leave us a comment or if you would like to reach out to us and submit any Sister Solidarity stories mm-hmm. or episode suggestions, please do so at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. You can also direct message us or reach out to us on our Instagram at Angry Neighborhood Feminist. We are also on Twitter at Yamf Podcast, Y A N F Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a business and a group page. Feel free to reach out to us on the group page or leave us a review on our business page. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love getting new reviews from you and it does help us out mm-hmm. quite a bit you can also listen on radio public as we like to say yes. uh, it is free for you and it helps us out a little bit yes it does so i think that's everything that is everything you guys thank you so much for listening to another episode with all that being said we encourage you to, to rage, rage on. on bye Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.